what happens when a black guy, a white dude, and an Hispanic man happen to be pro wrestling marks? You get debates, roasting, and fun in Jeet Nation's newest podcast, Breaking Ring Rust. And it starts right now. Welcome back, ladies, gentlemen, boys and girls, marks of all ages. I am your host, Rockin' Mr. Magic, and you are back in another episode of Breaking Ring Rust. Tonight with me is my friend and fellow wrestling enthusiast, Brad Benedict B-Squared. Thank you for coming and welcome to the show. No problem there, Matt. I really appreciate the invite. I am super pumped to talk wrestling. Awesome. Uh, so before we, we get into the uh, our, our plan for today, tell us a little bit about uh, yourself and just a little background to your, your love of wrestling. Well, I've been watching wrestling since I've been an ankle biter, man. Uh, earliest memory is watching in the, the late 80s. Uh, but the first memory I have that really sticks is uh, the debut of The Undertaker. And mm. it's just a little boy, man, did he scare the pants off me. <laughs> um, so I'll never forget that Survivor Series. And that, that hooked me, man. Hook, line, and sinker. Um, and I've been a diehard ever since. I've been watching Raw almost religiously every Monday. Enjoyed the uh, the Monday Night Wars. Enjoyed ECW. Mm-hmm. Did not enjoy the downfall of WCW. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's just, it's been a wild ride, man. Wild ride. Yes, indeed. Well, uh, we're so glad to have you. Appreciate that. And so speaking of you know, watching Raw religiously, uh, and you're, I know from our conversation in the past, you've always been a big WWF guy. Let's talk a little bit about what we saw on the pay-per-view at Stomping Grounds. Now, I know you kind of uh, jumped into the pay-per-view a, a little late than the rest of us that were watching live, um, but what, what, what takeaways did you have uh, from Stomping Grounds? What did you enjoy about the show? Well, I mean, the biggest takeaway that I have for Stomping Grounds is that the uh, the WWE really booked themselves into a corner with a lot of these matches. A lot of stuff that I just don't think people wanted to see. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I don't think people wanted to see Rollins and Corbin. I don't think people wanted to see Kofi and Ziggler in a steel cage. Um, and they, the way that they're handling Samoa Joe, I mean, they really booked themselves into a corner with that. It, it's great for Ricochet to get the win. It was a great match, but Joe has so much more potential oh, than, yeah. than what they're letting him be. And they're, they're uh, shooting the horse before it even got to run the race. Okay. Well, let me ask you this. Was there anything about the show that you liked? You know, and if it's, if the answer is no, that's okay. So there, there is pluses to the show. I mean, the the first two thirds of the show was was pretty entertaining. You know, I the two oh five guys, man, they that was a great match. They, oh yeah, bust their ass, man. And and Tony Nice, every time he's out there, man, he he surprises me. He's got the look. 
he's got a decent move set. He can mm-hmm. fly. He's got the power. Um, not into Tozawa. And Gulak is a great ground, ground performer. Um, I really like Joe and Ricochet, like I said. And I, that might have been the match of the night for me, but even the, uh, the Daniel Bryan and Eric Rowan versus Heavy Machinery was kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, it had its pluses, but for the most part, it just jumped out to me that they're booking themselves into a corner. It does seem that they are putting themselves into an area where they there's not much maneuverability once they're making some of these booking decisions. Um, like like you said, you know, okay, the Ricochet gets his first solo title shot against Samoa Joe, and he wins the thing. And then it's like, okay, well, Joe just got the belt back like a few weeks ago after you know getting it back from Mysterio. So it's like why is Joe being a placeholder essentially for, for the title? If he's not in the picture, you're just making him look, look weak. So you can't, re- you can't really push him to the world title picture, even though it seems that's what they're doing at least momentarily. So it's like, what are you really doing with this guy? Cause this guy should have been a multiple time, you know, world champion by now. You know, if they wanted to put the title on Ricochet, they did not have to go through Joe to do it. You know, with Mysterio getting hurt, they had their out. You know, they could have had, you know, a mini tournament. They could yeah, have had a one night tournament. Yeah, anything. Um, they didn't have to hand the title to Joe, and then they didn't have to get booked into that corner, but that's what they decided to do. And then it just even shows, as you said, Joe's going into the main event here, attacking Kofi, which we should be excited about. Yeah. But Joe loses. So there's there's no excitement to me. You, you can't lose it the night before, and then come back and jump into the main event. It doesn't make sense. It, it doesn't, and especially because the crowd the crowd is into Joe. I mean, he comes out, that music plays, and the crowd's chanting Joe, Joe, Joe. Like they're into it. They want to see him. Uh, he whether he's a heel or a face, it doesn't matter. They want to see him out there. And he never fails to to deliver in the ring. So it's like, what is the problem? Why is he not being utilized better? I I don't I don't get it. I I had a hard time outside of the cruiserweight match, um, finding a whole lot of positives. Um, I, the the Daniel Bryan match, even to me, like I know he's the heel, but when you're in someone's hometown, they're the face. Just just. Yeah. You know, and you know it. So instead of having him, let us let him still be a heel. He, he's going to get you no matter what he does. So let 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 him do what he does, and stop trying to you know, force the issue with heavy machinery because it just, that just they just got booed for that. When their heavy machinery faces, just play to the crowd. Let the crowd dictate that match. You know what's going to happen, regardless. So that you just just have him go out there, pull on a goat show, let Daniel Bryan play to his hometown crowd and pick up his W. Like instead they had him go out there and they kept on the way they had the match go. Heavy machine keeps getting booed, getting booed because they keep coming back and whatever. And it was like just for once, just play Kate, play Kate to the crowd. Just once. Yeah. Just once. What do you think t- about Otis? Are you an Otis? I, fan? I like Otis because he's different. He's built differently. He looks different. He's like 
he's like this he's like this little ball of freakish muscle in athleticism i like him he's entertaining um the caterpillar is annoying to me because we've already seen it this is we saw it with the worm like i i've seen this before um the fact that he can do it is impressive um the athleticism it takes to do that even tucker tucker's a very athletic dude for you know what is he six three you know like he's a very athletic big dude um and always his chest is massive. Uh, yeah, and I, I, I thought that was dude. great that the fact that they showed the fact that um, uh, that the yes kicks didn't do anything to him. Um, and his, his chest that big, those kicks aren't going to do anything to him. Like, <laughs> like in reality, those kicks aren't going to affect him. Um, I think he's got potential as a solo, um, as, as a mid-card solo guy, Otis does. Because he's funny, he's got charisma. I can't see him as a top guy. He doesn't have that type of look. But I could see him being, and this is not a, I don't want anybody to think this is insult, because I'm not saying it insultingly, but he's like smaller white Rikishi without rubbing his butt in people's faces. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I could- I can see him running around for the twenty four seven title. I can't see that, but I, I can see him carrying the U.S. belt or the Intercontinental title. Um, people taking him seriously, but not ever getting into that main event picture. Because I can see him like Rikishi was. He's a fun guy. He's a big guy. He's gonna do his little his cute little dances. People are gonna smile. They're gonna laugh and have fun, and they'll take him seriously as a competitor. But they will not take him seriously as the guy. That's kind of what I, I I see that and notice. Yeah, I can't see him with the IC title though. That's the workhorse title. You know, he's he's not the worker. He's the entertainer. But but you know what? Rikishi was an entertainer and he had he had a couple IC runs. Well, the Godfather had an IC, had a couple IC runs. I mean Yeah, they, part, they part, haven't part. always been uh the HBKs and the Razors and, Right, and the and the Bret Hart's, yeah. Or the mm-hmm. Jerichos and and the Kurt Angles who were, or even Miz, where it was truly a workers' title. Sometimes now I, I would see the U.S. belt more on him than the IC, but I said IC just in the correlation to to Rikishi because he just reminds me of a smaller white Rikishi. He's just he's out there, he's fun, he's dancing, but he also can have a good showing in the ring. He's got like the the girthiness of Taz without being the suplex machine. Yes. Yeah. Taz was a short, stocky, thick dude. Yes. Um, but two completely different characters. Yes, and two completely different in-ring performers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Taz throwing everybody everywhere, and Otis is, you know, worming everywhere. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, um, they, uh, but that but they their match was was uh, also like it was it was good it was all right should have been placated to the fans more to give the fans what they want but all in all it, you know good match uh, Rowan somehow didn't get injured and Daniel <laughs> Bryan <laughs> Daniel Bryan was Daniel Bryan um, you know, you know can, can I ask you this question yeah what is Eric Rowan walking injury prone like I, no one knows what Eric Rowan is because he's always hurt. Like every time Eric Warren starts to get into a flow, he gets hurt and he's on the shelf for six to eight months. And then we don't see him. He comes back and we start to get into a flow with him because he's a huge guy. He can, he's very athletic. He's good in the ring. And then he gets hurt again. We, we don't know what Eric Rowan is. I mean, that's just, 
that's been his WWF run and WWE run from the, the wire, you know, family till now doing well, things are moving, hurt, disappears, mm-hmm. comes back, hurt. Like he's even Luke Harper to a bit because Harper's gotten hurt a lot. By the time these guys start to establish themselves as starting to really, Harper had that icy belt run, then he got hurt. Mm-hmm. Then he was gone. Like, same thing with Rowan. You think, okay, things are going well for him. Maybe we can establish him as uh, a legitimate, you know, uh, monster heel, or maybe I can't see him as a face, but, you know, maybe a, a, a legitimate heel, maybe size wise to contend with someone like a face Braun Strowman or something like that. They go power for power, but he, he's never he's never healthy long enough. Has he ever talked other than those one-word things that Wyatt would give him with the Wyatt family? Not really. I mean, Not I mean I he's talked a little bit lately with uh, with Daniel Bryan, but there's a reason why he's with Daniel Bryan because you don't want Eric Rowan talking much. Like, <laughs> I mean, you really don't like. I, even, even with him and uh, and Harper as the Bludgeon Brothers, I'm like, how are these guys going to cut a promo? Because neither one of them are talkers, and they didn't have a manager, so it's like. This is a team that needs a manager. These guys, I don't want to hear them on the mic, especially Eric Rowan. Yeah, I'd, I'd give Harper a chance because he's got more upside than Rowan, but I can agree with you there. It's, but, and I like them both. I, I, it's just he's, what, he's always hurt. Yeah. You know, he's perpetually injured. I, I have, unfortunately, I, I, can't, I can't place a projection uh, of where I see Rowan is because the only thing I can project is that he's going to be on the shelf in a couple months. Well, and I don't you're know that if big, you're carrying that much mass around. It's got to be tough to stay healthy. But you know, I think about guys. I mean, maybe it's just you know, obviously some people are built differently. You know, um, you know, we're we're both football guys. You know, Gronkowski, great talent, was always injured compared to you know other great tight ends like. Uh, like Antonio Gates, like never injured, you know, take playing the same position, running similar routes, taking the same, same hits. One guy often hurt, one guy not often hurts. Yeah, they're both going to get to Hall of Fame, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that, that's happening. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that's definitely happening. Both those guys are, are they're locks. Yep. So. Uh, go ahead. No, so, um. I you, you I know you had texted and you mentioned that you didn't finish um initially watching uh you you stopped watching Stopping Grounds after the heavy machinery and uh Rowan and Brian Daniel Bryan match, but um did you get to see any of the uh no other way to describe it, the horrific main event? Yeah, you know, they need to de push Corbin immediately. They need to de-push Lacey Evans immediately. I mean, that's why the ratings are down, especially for Raw. Uh, you know, just – and Corbin could be great, but they're booking him terribly, and he needs to get out of those stupid button-down shirts. <laughs> get this guy some gear. Everyone, everyone's like, oh, look, here comes the Applebee's waiter. Yeah, bring me my mozzarella sticks, man, and just be quiet and go back to your, you know, waiting position. But, you know, I really think, like, after the Brian Rowan and Heavy Machinery match, the car just went downhill from there. Um, I mean, 
we, we could talk about how bad Rollins and Corbin was, but did anybody really win with Reigns and McIntyre? No. McIntyre looks like a chump. Shane gets the win, but McIntyre can't. Right. Shane beats Roman Reigns, but then Drew McIntyre, with Shane cheating for him, can't beat Roman Reigns. I, the, the whole Shane McMahon booking, period, is just insane. And I'm going to go a little bit off the rails uh, here because I saw Raw and SmackDown. So, mm-hmm. so, so Roman beats McIntyre. So he has to go two on one. Taker comes out and interferes. Oh. Surprises everybody. Surprises everybody. I'm crying inside because I'm like, Taker, why? Why are you doing this? Why? Like, just even the, the hair plug extensions in his hair look horrible. It's like, dude, uh, Taker, please just, ah, uh, why are you doing this to yourself? I, it hurts me to look at. Um, but but then that makes Roman look weaker because he's he's, he's has to get bailed out by a dude who could be like his father. Um, and then we go to and then, then we go to SmackDown, and here's Shane still messing with the Miz. Why? That feud is over. Leave the Miz alone. Who cares? Like I, I don't get it. Why are you still messing with Miz? And then he get he, he um, when Miz is wrestling Elias, he gets Elias to hold Miz after attacking Miz, hold Miz up. Then he mocks Reigns in the corner and does the spear. What what does this have to do? What does beating up the Miz have to do with your feud with Roman Reigns? Nothing. I mean, it's, 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 it's bad. I don't need you to keep a rivalry on ice with the Miz while you're messy with Reigns. That's bad storytelling. Yeah. Well, I mean, Miz did not come out of that Shane feud looking like roses. You know, I mean, that started the whole, like, massive Shane push. But he had some good face you know, reaction going and, you know, you could get into Miz, you know, I, I was, enjoying I can't, it. I can't get into Miz's face. I can't. Uh, I he's can't. a great heel. Great he's so, heel. So I, much better as a heel. I, I look at him. I don't see a face. Even from day, even, even from when it was him and Morrison and him in that stupid hat, like or even this after, um, tough one, like I look at him, I've never seen a face. I look at him. I see this guy's a heel. Maybe because he's from Ohio. I can't stand Ohio people. I don't know. I look at him and I say, this guy is a heel. I, I just, I can't buy him as a face. Yeah. I thought it was working though, man. I don't know. I, I was behind him. I was the, going to miss. The, to me, the only reason why he was getting sympathy is because he's being booked to lose to Shane McMahon. And everyone says there's no reason why this former WWE champion should be losing to Shane McMahon. A forty-nine-year-old Shane McMahon, but he can go coast to coast, man. He can't go coast to coast no more. <laughs> no, the fact, can't. the fact that the, the fact that the guy in the corner has to like inch himself out or be pushed out in the one match by McIntyre so that Shane can actually hit the move is utterly ridiculous. Or hold the garbage can like six feet away from them so that he can hit right. It so so, so he can push it into their chest. Like, <laughs> Like Shane, like it was great twenty years ago when you did it, and when you did twenty years ago, no one saw it coming. No one thought you were that athletic. That athletic. You're forty nine now, Shane. Let it go, and he's doing it every week. 
It used to be a special thing, a pay-per-view thing. Yeah. He did it on Sunday. He did it Monday. He, I think he tried it Tuesday. Like, dude, let it – he's let it go. Yeah. I don't know. I wouldn't mind being, you know, athletic like him at 49. But then again, I'm not a professional wrestler, so. But neither is he. That's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's the problem. If, if, if he was a professional wrestler, I wouldn't mind it as much. If yeah. it was if it was, if it was Sean doing that at forty nine, okay, whatever. It's probably a little too old for that mess, but okay, whatever. Yeah. We, you know, if it's Van Dam, it could be AJ, it could be anybody, and therefore he's doing that. Go ahead. We know what you can do, and they're smart enough to know if they can't hit the move, they're going to stop doing the move. Yep. But unfortunately, we don't have that with the best in the world right now. We have him crashing his body halfway across the ring and trying to sell us on the fact that he may have touched them with his feet. <laughs> and that's a small may have touched them with his feet. <laughs> yep. I agree. The only, <laughs> the only thing I can say about Shane and the best in the world is that the only way it will be worth it is if they get CM Punk back and that's not going to happen. Oh, I would throw up if I had to. I, I, I can't stand CM Punk, but that's a whole other topic. But yeah. I, he's not coming back. He's not going to AEW. He's, and he's lost credibility in my mind anyway. Once he got his world rocked by two nobodies in UFC, like the little mystique you had about being a tough guy, gone. Yeah. And, and to me, the fact that your, your, your girlfriend, now wife, in my opinion, is the better wrestler between the two of you anyway. Yeah, I have no desire to see him personally. I know there's the people who want to see him back, and that's fine. That's their prerogative. You know, they like him. That's cool. I, I have no interest. To me, he, he would do nothing but be a temporary one or two-week boost for either company, and that will be it. Because to me, the only thing he has now is the mystique that what if CM Punk came back? You've seen everything he, he would be able to do before. And to me, it, I wasn't impressed. The only thing he has right now is the what if question. Mm. You know, you brought up AJ Lee. And I, I think that leads you into the next topic that you wanted to talk about. Because AJ Lee's character was, was missed uh, romantic interest. She was a romantic history for a couple characters. Um, so, yeah, we've, well, we've seen this romantic thing on the show before, you know, Macho and Liz and, you know, AJ and, you know, her and Punk really didn't have a whole lot of time to be on screen couple, but she was an on screen couple with, you know, Daniel Bryan and such. And we've had our, our fair share of couples that we liked and ones we didn't like. And apparently, WWE think it's a good idea to push the officialness of the Universal Champion Seth Rollins and his relationship with the man Becky Lynch. So, if you haven't seen, it was pretty much right after WrestleMania where um, Rollins posted a picture of a loving embrace between the two champions, and now it became IG and social media official. So, the man has her man, and after, I think what, it was two, three weeks ago when Rollins suffered an attack, they had Becky by his side on the going to the uh, ambulance, uh, scoring the stretcher, 
and kind of made it kayfabe official that they are a couple. Fast forward to Stomping Grounds, where Baron Corbett has Lacey Evans for just an absolutely ridiculous reason be the special guest referee after she, of course, had lost in her bid to take the Raw Women's Championship from Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch comes in, of course, saves her man, and we got extremely long shots of Becky and Seth doing some very uncomfortable hugs and an uncomfortable kiss in the forehead um, <laughs> as Stompy Grounds ended. I don't know how you feel about their love on camera, but it's bad. Like, it looks uncomfortable. It looks forced. It just looks bad. To me, the issue I have is that it, it really came out of left field. Um, I know when they first started planting the seeds of this, Rollins making his, intra- his entrance, and then they're like, oh, yeah, Rollins has a girlfriend, and it's Becky Lynch. You know, that was one week, and as you said, you know, the off-camera activities that they were doing too but why where is it going like nowhere it's going nowhere yeah this a lot of the other stuff was all like you know male wrestler female manager mm -hmm. Um, and you know you could use it to turn one heel and you know you could use the prop people up but it's a champion, male champion dating a female champion. Like, what? what is going to happen here? Yeah, like, especially because they're doing nothing with it. They're just acknowledging that they're together. Like, first of all, anyone with half a brain that pays attention to the social media um, of various wrestlers knew they were smashing. I knew they were smashing once I saw them working out um, months before on one of uh, – one of Seamus's exercise videos, they were together together and they were, they were being very challenging to each other. I was like, Oh, Oh, okay. Okay. I was like, Oh, I, I see you, Seth. I see what you're doing here. I was like, okay. Yep. He's definitely hitting that. I can tell. And they get, just the way they look, just, you know, anyone who knows the been in a relationship, you know, the looks, you know, the playful jabs. It was obvious to me months before it became WWE official. But it, if you're going to put that relationship, and to me, it seems like Becky's a pretty private person when it comes to her personal life. That's just my impression of her on social media just to her career. If you're going to put their personal relationship into a storyline, like you said, where is it going? It needs to have a point. Are they going to, if they turn heel and they decide to run roughshod through Raw and be like a... Uh, a male and female version of the two-man power trip. Cool. Okay, let's do it. But right now it's just, oh, they like each other, and they're both champs, and oh, look, she saved her boyfriend. But there's there's no point to the story with it. Is this supposed to care? Except for now we're having a mixed tag match at Extreme Rules that nobody wants to see. Nope. Nobody wants to see a, a, a waiter and a waitress two servers from Applebee's against, you know, a grunge dude and his grunge chick. Like, nobody wants to see that. Nobody. It, w- it, would, be, it would be something if there was a legit buildup, something, uh, something story-wise to make me care enough to see them as a team, to see them 
on camera as a couple. They've done nothing to make me have that type of interest. Hunter and Steph made you want to have an interest to see them get their crap kicked out of them as a couple. They haven't done that. They haven't made you want to see them beating body up, and they haven't made anybody want to see them get beat up. They're just there. And they're and they're and they're on camera chemistry. It's horrible. Like she, Becky looks so uncomfortable with all all. It, it was it just looks it looks bad. Well, Becky is not the the best actress either. Right. You know, I mean, I'm not trying to bring her down because she's. No, I like her. You know, her, uh, the success she's having, but like we're looking at these relationships, and as you said, Savage and Elizabeth fantastic probably the best one ever on camera probably yeah and that was the only one that they actually they did the marriage and it it went through right if i'm remembering correctly yeah only one where the only one yeah then you had like you said uh triple h and stephanie edge and lita they were were a pretty fun couple and i hated them and there was a reason to hate them no yeah and that, great that they were the attitude era of Savage and Elizabeth, you know. Um, but this is just bringing both Rollins and Lynch down. Their pops are dwindling. They're becoming boring. Um, and like you said, it's going nowhere. You know, if one turns heel, who's it going to be? Is it Rollins? Right. We've seen that before. Is it Lynch? Nobody wants to boo her right now. But Lynch also isn't very interesting when she doesn't have Ronda Rousey to play off of. Well, it's a good point. You mentioned the interesting factor because I look at Becky Lynch and I think of her, her rise and now her tapering off. Becky seems to do well when she can be, it's either her being herself or being the, the art typical Irish girl, you know, what the, the stereotypical, I should say, you know, loud talks, a bunch of smack, doesn't care about anything, you know, beat you up in the pub, you know, just going to, you know, kick butt and take names type. And that's what's gotten her over being brash, being out there, declaring herself the man. That's what got her over that stereotypical Irish woman. That stereotypical Irish woman isn't of the lovey-dovey hug on my man type. No, and I don't even and, think I don't even think that like she is that type in life. Like she doesn't come across to be that type, and it looks uncomfortable on camera. It looks forced, and it takes away from part of what makes her special on camera. You know, let let them have their relationship off camera. Let it just let that be organic. And if it somehow organically spills into the story, like like with Matt and Lita, that are they had a relationship for I think it was a year before it came on camera. You know, that was organic. That looked real. Well, partially because it was real, but like even the way they put it into the storyline. You know, when Lita with the win and Matt being happy and you know kissing her and. He's like, oh, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done that. And then she reciprocated. Everyone was like, oh, and people cheered. They, they crowd popped huge for that. Mm-hmm. And then obviously when, you know, she cheated on him with Adam Copeland, 
and they put it into the storyline, and they got tons of heat, and Matt got tons of got tons of face pop for being edged down. That was organic. This is th- two and a half, three months of being pop, being you know publicly known, and all of a sudden it's being rammed down everybody's throats. Like, oh look, we've got a power couple. Okay, well what are you doing with them? Making them stale. And now I'm hearing people talk about Rollins being boring. I've never heard people talk about Rollins being boring. All of a sudden, Rollins is boring. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, well, what's, what's changed? Why is Rollins boring now? Well, I tell you one thing that needs to change with Rollins is, you know, he needs to take some lessons from Lynch on uh, using Twitter because he's not doing himself <laughs> any favors. <laughs> well, and that's, and that's one thing. They are, like, having them, like, take each other's, like, what makes them stand out and like kind of putting the, you're trying to have them like, like, like they're one person. They're not one person. You know, he's not a Twitter, he's not a Twitter warrior. She's better at that. He, you know, him and Osprey going back and forth has not made him look any better at all. He looks, he looks poor. Um, it's like, dude, just like, you're, you're going you're gonna to call Osprey little. Like you could call Will Osprey a lot of things. Seth Rollins calling him little, Come on, really? They're also the same height, by the way. They're the same height. You look at Osprey, <laughs> and he's like, "I weigh more." I'm thinking Osprey looks like he weighs more than you. Okay, whatever. You know, I, you look at Osprey's work rate compared to Rollins's. Eh, you won't shouldn't be calling him little. This is, you know, Osprey may think he's too good for WWE, but that doesn't mean you call the man little. The man ain't little. I like to I'd like to see that in a real life fight. Let's let's see who comes out on top. <laughs> like, you know, it I'm I'm happy Rollins is champion. God bless him. But you know, when you think about the workers, I don't think he's even the best worker in the WWE. Oh, he's he's not. I mean, I like him. Not you know, I I, I like Seth, but I mean he can't he cannot work AJ Styles. He can't you know, a motivated, he cannot work a motivated Brock Lesnar. Hence, motivated, but, you know, Brock's not been motivated for, we haven't, we haven't seen that in a while, but <laughs> if motivated, he couldn't, he could not work Brock. I mean, let's keep it real, you know. And yeah. there's a whole bunch of guys in NXT that he cannot work. I mean, he gets in the ring with Cole or Gargano or a healthy Ciampa. Roddy can't wait for Chompa to come back. I just don't know what they're going to do with him. Are they are they going to keep him? Are they going to send him back down to NXT? Do you keep him on? You know, where do you put him? Do you keep him on Raw? Do you put him on SmackDown? Since you technically had called him up, it's like what do you what do you what do you do with him? Uh, he's got a monster heel ran all over him. You know, I like him. Back. I just don't. I don't know what they do with him. It's just tough because he didn't have the chance to. Uh, him and Johnny got back together, so you can't force it by throwing him back into a feud with Johnny. You know, Cole's the champ now. Um, do you have him come after Cole as retribution for, for Johnny? Like, what's like? What do you do with him? Or do you just send him to the main roster and let him? Uh, you know, start a feud with somebody there. Like, it's a tough spot, you know, and, and it would be a shame for them 
to drop the ball on all the great work he's done, you know, as a heel and the development of his character to just be like, you know, just to throw him back down to NXT and go from there. Like, I know he's going to need time to work the rest off, but to me, it's like, let him cut promos, let him, you know, have it work one match here and there to try to to get the rest off, but let him establish himself. Like, I don't want him, I don't want him getting demoted. You know what I mean? You know, I, I, I like him. He's, to me, he's a part of the future and I, he's a, he's a better worker than, than Rollins is. I mean, and this is, this isn't, this isn't Tyler Black Rollins. I mean, you know, Tyler Black Rollins was a much better worker, but he's also a much younger guy. You know, Seth yeah. is taking his lumps. Um, and I, I understand wanting to work slower <laughs> and, and saving your body. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. So, speaking of um, the Tyler Black era, that obviously was not WWE wrestling. And I know from you, you've won, you've watched WWF, WWE for a very, very long time, but really haven't done much exploration outside of that realm but you tell me that you want to start broadening your wrestling horizons what are you what are you looking for that uh wwe isn't giving to you consistency i think is the biggest thing i mean uh don't get me wrong you know we can say the monday night era you know the monday war era was the best but competition brings out the best in people and without that you know i feel like they're just turning their tires you know they're they're spinning their tires you know Mm -hmm. so this isn't the wwe versus ecw versus wcw right so I'm, i'm looking for that edge to wrestling that it should have i'm looking for the larger than life characters because wwe is full of vanilla you know, you take Nakamura, who's not vanilla. They make right. him vanilla. And it's like, it's just, they water everything down. Um, the, one of the most interesting things to me is uh, when Jericho was in New Japan. Mm-hmm. And, they're, and they're doing their press conferences. And, you know, he's this dark brooding character dropping F-bombs and, you know, being intense. And, like, that's wrestling to me. Not necessarily dropping the F-bombs, but, like, you want to believe that these guys want to rip each other apart to see who's better or, you know, to just put a stomping down. And you don't have that mm-hmm. in WWE anymore. And AEW is supposed to be, you know, more sports-like, more competitive as far as how they treat wins and losses, which I'm excited for because the, the 50-50 booking in WWE is also another thing that's not doing anybody any favors. Um, true. However, so, the, some people are like Kofi Kingston, for example, he just took his first fall in a long time uh, on Thursday. Like he he's won, you know, I think 17 straight matches. Um, he hasn't taken a fall in months until – last until Tuesday night, like they've been booking him as champion very strong, which is surprising with all the 50-50 booking that has been the just the, the mainstay of late. I think the only thing I can say about Kofi's reign, and I don't want to rain on his parade, I, I kind of sound like a Debbie Downer over here, but 
you know, his reign as WWE champion doesn't feel any different to me than his reigns as IC champion or US champion. And it's because of the competition that he's facing. It's all the same guys he faced, you know, X, Y, and Z years ago. The mm-hmm. Ziggler feud doesn't need to happen. So it, it doesn't feel special to me, even though it should. And I, I like that he's winning. Don't get me wrong. I don't want him to get the Rey Mysterio treatment. Right. Where he gets the title and he's jobbing left and right. But, you know, get him in the ring with Orton. Get him in the ring with Nakamura. Get him in the ring with guys that he hasn't feuded with for the last 10 years. Right. And give him quality wins over top-notch people. Dolph Ziggler. Yeah. I mean, Dolph is great in the ring, but Dolph Dolph doesn't have the same cachet. And like you said, we've seen it before. And part of what made his winning special was it was over Daniel Bryan. Like, he's got his first title win over one of the best in the ring wrestlers in the world. You know, that that carries weight. Um, and there's and you mentioned Orton. You know, he, he and Orton had, had words in the past. You know, we know about Orton squashing a previous push. That would be great television. You mentioned Nakamura. You know, knees versus kicks. That would be great to see. Um you can do so much more than what they're doing with it. Right. AJ, AJ's there. Let, let him, let him work with AJ. Um, you know, who, I mean, Joe is there. Let him work. I mean, obviously it looks like they're going to try to insert Joe. Let him work with Joe. There's, there's so many, actually I'm saying that just because of the stupid wild card thing, because it doesn't matter what show apparently he's on. Um, but there, there's so many options out there that he could be doing, and they're like, oh, let's just go with Dolph Ziggler. Like, to me, Dolph Ziggler should have been a one-off, kind of like what they did with Owens when Owens came back real quick and challenged Brian for the title. Okay, let, let's fill in with, with Dolph Ziggler right here. We know Dolph will get a good match out of him because Dolph can get a good match out of anybody, but let's just do that one-off and be done, especially because Dolph hasn't been used well, and he looks like he doesn't want to be there. So, use them once, give them a payday, and start establishing an actual story that's going to draw draw interest and draw some money. Not Dolph Ziggler, because it's never been Dolph Ziggler, to be honest. I I really enjoyed the Dolph Ziggler promos, but he's a perennial loser. That's how they book him, and it's the same yeah. thing with Sami Zayn. I, Sami Zayn's a phenomenal heel. Takes too many losses. Oh yeah, he has, he's no credibility. I just wish that WrestleMania was closer to the SmackDown deal with Fox, mm-hmm. because I think then they would have given Kofi and Brock Lesnar, and that would have so? been ah uh, yeah. If they're going to Fox, they would have gave Kofi and Lesnar. I think if it was closer, I don't think they would have. Um, uh, it's tough to say if they would have put the title on Lesnar, but that would have given him legit credibility as far as having an opponent goes. I'd rather see Lesnar Kofi than Lesnar Rollins. Yeah, because it'd be like, yeah, because we've seen Lesnar Rollins before. I, I, I don't know. I can't, I can't say it. Just because the problem is with the Lesnar losses, they're always squashes where, you know, he gets 
attacked or beat up. It's always some shenanigans, you know, the low blows, you know, all these hits before the bell rings and all of a sudden, um, you know, he, he gets hit with so much, you know, so much offense and then he gets pinned. Like it's always the same formula when Brock loses. So I can't say that Kofi beating him would have been that great because to me, him working a match against Daniel Bryan and getting a clean win, hitting his finisher, getting a clean win is better than what happened with the Rollins match where he, you know, he attacks Rollins before the bell. Rollins you know, hits that low blow. You know, then the bell rings and he hits three curb stops and wins. Like that match was trash. You yeah. know, like I would rather have Kofi get the win he got than win a trash title, you know, championship match over Brock Lesnar in that way. And that's the only way you beat Brock if you look at, you know, his his recent title losses and some type of shenanigans like that. So I'm kind of glad <laughs> that that didn't happen. Um, but I understand this the, the name cachet there makes a big difference compared to uh, obviously wrestling Dolph Ziggler. Uh, I'm hoping even if he does even if he does drop the title, which I, I think they'll keep it on him until SummerSlam, I think. Um, him working a promotion a promotion, him working a program with Samoa Joe, I think should help him and elevate Joe. Um, by let, if they let Joe be Joe, you know, let let him show how that, that he can hang. Um, probably not beat Kofi, but you know, beat him up to make it look like he should have won. Get himself DQ'd for whatever reason. Um, you know, he puts on the coquina clutch, and Kofi's got the the rope, but he won't let go. He gets himself disqualified, whatever, you know, to, to keep the mystique that looks like he, you know, he could have beat Kofi and just, you know, let, let something organic grow, let them showcase what they can do and not just force feed us stuff we've seen before, which unfortunately seems to be the case with a lot of the championship booking lately. I'm really, not, I, I want to be excited for Joe and Kofi. I just, I, just can't make myself into it right now. Joe loses. Joe attacks Kofi. Now we're heading in that direction. Joe can seem like a a bad man, like he usually does. But if it, if he gets another loss, man, has he won a program since coming to the main roster? He's won it, that one championship, but he didn't yeah. win the feud versus Mysterio. Um, he didn't win his feud with uh, when they were doing uh, Joe and Lesnar. Lesnar, yeah. And uh, Strowman. And who was the fourth big man? Oh, Reigns. Reigns. Yeah. You know, he, he's so misused. Yeah. So misused. And it's a travesty. It's a travesty. And I thought, you know, he was going to have a shot to rebuild that by having him on SmackDown. But since it doesn't matter where anybody is anymore, apparently um, that's, that's, yeah, that's not happening. They only redrafted in the season on SmackDown. Okay. But I see him on raw all the time still. Uh, well, he's a raw superstar. He got, he got traded to raw in the superstar shakeup. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, he yes. came out the week after they did all their announcements. Yeah. So it's another one of those 
raw guys challenging a SmackDown champion. So but, stupid. Just it's oh, so dumb. It makes zero sense. Uh, that uh, just just even the the you know Bliss and Bailey. Hey, Raw's Alexa Bliss challenging SmackDown's Bailey for the SmackDown Women's Title, huh? Like what? If there's you know you want, I, I've said this before, and I'm going to keep saying it because I like to beat dead horses. Um, you mentioned the lack of competition. To me. Especially with the WWE's announcement today that they are bringing back Eric Bischoff and uh, to be the executive director, essentially, of SmackDown, and Heyman will be the executive director of Raw. In my personal opinion, Vince McMahon needs to relinquish... Okay, let him keep his babies as long as he's keeping them until he goes to the XFL. Small, raw, SmackDown, whatever. He, in my opinion, you have so much talent. They've got sixty plus people between all these different brands. Actually, more than that, I think. I saw a recent graph of all the people they have. I have to edit that out. My microphone fell. They are. They. Have, I saw. A, I saw a chart with all the people they have. SmackDown, Raw, two hundred five, NXT. Uh, U.S. and U.K., all the people that they have and the people that haven't even officially debuted that are still at the performance centers that they have on contract. They've got a ton of people. You need competition. Instead of having AEW create competition against you, take your old rivals, let them work on your properties as competition. Give Bischoff the WCW brand that you own. Take a roster. Let them splinter off. Do the same thing with Heyman and ECW. Let Heyman splinter off. And let them just and let them work. Let them let them do what they do best and the stories that they can tell best. And just and make money. Uh, Vince has never believed in little in, in little guys and cruiserweights. He's really never believed in them, except for you know a few ex- a few exceptions with Michaels and Hart, um, you know Benoit eventually, um, AJ Styles. But he rarely believes in the little guy. Bischoff was great at using cruiserweights and smaller guys. Let them have the WWE brand. Let them have a more southern wrestling feeling promotion that's owned by Vince. Giving people more variety. Let Heyman have ECW. Let him take. Can you imagine if Heyman was running an ECW brand? What he would that do he with a Samoa bounce checks with that he wouldn't be that he wouldn't bounce checks with, and what he could do with a Samoa Joe. With some of these, you know, I, I bet you if he had something like that, Moxie wouldn't have gone because he would he would have had a way to express himself better. To be able to be more organic, like it would obviously it's pie in the sky because Vince would never ever release control. But you've got brands that people still talk about twenty plus, almost twenty years later that they're not in existence. You know, you still hear chants for these promotions that don't exist anymore. You own the properties, use them for more than just letting people create their own universes on your on your wrestling game 
Like, use them for more than the wrestling game. Actually, do something. Like, you, you can you can have your own, you can create your own competition. Why let other competition take your talent away when you can keep the talent and create your own competition and actually really do it? Because Raw and SmackDown have never felt like competition. No, they, they haven't, but I hate to disagree with you, but I got to. You know, That's okay. You're, you're Debbie, loud. Debbie, Debbie Downer, man. You know, <laughs> just change my name. Trademark. Um, there's too much saturation in the market. You know, you got three hours of Raw, two hours of SmackDown, one hour of NXT, an hour of NXT UK, plus all the other content they have on the network that no one really watches. That we, we you mean you're not watching Total Divas or Total Bellas or no, sorry, or Miz and Misses or you know, I caught an episode or two of that. It was kind of funny. I got to admit, <laughs> okay. But we we don't know how even how long the AEW shows are going to be. Um, if you really want to look hard, you can find Ring of Honor on TV on the weekends. Uh, New Japan pops up from time to time. There's mm-hmm. so much content that's out there. So splintering off like that, it's, you're oversaturating the market. Could they make money off of it? Probably if they're touring brands and you know whatnot. But it, they just got way too big. They got way too big. And as you said, the roster is enormous. And it, it's just tough to keep that momentum going. Um, would I love to see ECW revived with Heyman and it going back to being gritty and in your face and violent and sexual? Yeah, that'd be awesome. It's not going to happen. Not in this PG era. And I'm not talking WWE PG. I'm talking about like society PG. You you can't put that on TV and expect to have sponsors. Well, you, you can't put on yeah you can't put on broadcast TV, but you you could have it on the network or if which I doubt he would do. But if he partnered with somebody that's known for that type of content, like an HBO or or a Stars, then you would have. A, lo- a place for either on your network or partner on your network and partner with someone who's known for that content where it's expected. So you're not, you wouldn't have to worry about a loss of sp- uh, sponsorship because the people going to those areas to watch it are expecting that type of content. Yeah. Like I said, though, it's just, it's oversaturation, you know, and, and the key demographic that they're looking for, like, when I was younger, I would watch Mondays. You know, I'd flip back and forth. It was awesome. Right. But I wasn't watching it Tuesdays. I wasn't watching it Wednesdays. I watched the pay-per-views. Right. But, but, you know, I would dump three hours during the week, flip-flop in between, read the message boards, watch the pay-per-views. As of now, I'm dropping five hours during the week, five hours on the weekends for these pay-per-views that seem like they're bi-weekly. It's like a part-time job to keep up with this stuff. Yeah. And I got to channel my inner Heath Slater. I got kids, man. Exactly. You got kids. We both got kids. It's Yeah, it is like a part-time job because the oversaturation is a big key. Uh, Obviously, Raw is too long. Um, You know, the show shouldn't be any longer than two hours. Uh, The pay-per-view shouldn't be six hours seven hours for WrestleMania or four hours. And then I think the stomping grounds was 
the kickoff show was at seven. And I think it ended. I think it ended like at ten thirty. So it had a three hour seventeen minute runtime with a okay. one hour pre show. So yeah, so four hours and seventeen minutes. That's too long. Um it was shorter than obviously some of the others, but it was still still too long. Way too long of a show. WrestleMania is brutal. Yes. I can't believe I sat through WrestleMania. Um, that was that was a chore. Like it's hard to enjoy something like that when it's that long. Like you're you're asking someone to be there um pretty much your entire day for eight hours. That's a job. And you're not giving lunch breaks or two fifteen minutes like the law says. So like <laughs> But they do get fifteen dollar beers though. Yeah, I, I don't I <laughs> not out of me. <laughs> not, not out of me. I can I couldn't do that. I couldn't pay for them ticket prices and then to sit there that long and then pay that expensive ridiculous cost for food. I I, I couldn't do it. Uh I, I would rather you know, I was Tempted to try to go down to to Baltimore for best of the world or Ring of Honor tomorrow. Like, you know, I know that's not going to be a five hour show. You know, I could drive down to Baltimore, go to the show, and be back within that time frame. Like, yeah. that, that, that's a reasonable show time. Um, you know, AW's got uh, was it Fighter Fighter Fest Fighter Fest on on try on Saturday. You know, that's probably going to be a three hour show. Two, uh, yeah, probably a one hour um, pre show and a two, three hour show. I can live with that, especially because they're new. It may probably maybe just be a two hour show, honestly, looking at the card. Because uh, Double or, or Nothing was a pretty well paced show itself. So they're not going to have me sitting there for six hours, you know, bored out of my mind with half of the card, unfortunately, which, was, which is what WWE has been doing. Three-hour pay-per-views, sign me up. I'm good. That's what I'm used to. That 8 yeah. to 11 or 8 to 10.45, I'm good. Two-hour Raw, I'm good. You yeah. Know? Well, but longer than that, like you see, people got jobs, people got kids, people got – we, we can't just sit around as much as we would may want to sit around and watch wrestling all day. God bless the DVR though, right? Oh, you ain't lying. Well, speaking of that – that takes us to our last topic here, and that is our first Breaking Ring Rust top 10 list for wrestlers in movies. Now, I'll predicate this list is not include cameos. This is a significant role movie. So we've got a top 10 list here, and Brad's going to give his input on what he thinks of some of this list or if he has any to interject. So I'm just going to go through... Uh, and this is not in any particular order as far as the quality of the movie because some of the quality <laughs> of the movies can be uh, can be argued. Uh, so at number 10, we've got Magic Mike, and our wrestler appearing is the one and only, oh, I pulled my quad, the big man Kevin Dash. And Kevin, if you ever hear this, you know I love you. You're my homie, Motown, Rock City. I love you, but you're always pulling your quad, bro. Um, number nine, uh, we have our first appearance of Dwayne The Rock Johnson with Fast Five. Significant role there. Uh, number eight, Guardians of the Galaxy. Doesn't matter what volume due to uh, the appearance of Dave Batista. Significant role. Anybody can play it, but 
Dave somehow has a great agent working for him that has convincing people that he can act. Um, number seven. Are you going to see Stuber? No, I'm not going to see Stuber. Um, or the game plan wannabe movie that he's got coming out too. Uh, I'm not going to see that one either. <laughs> you know that that one that they that one that they announced after he said that I'm not I'm a better actor than The Rock. I'm not going to do movies like him. Oh look, here's a movie with Dave Bautista and a little girl. I wonder what wrestler did that first and did it better. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> number seven, slightly bigger than a cameo. He has a couple lines and some action. Is the Macho Man Randy Savage in Spider Man? Tommy McGuire, Spider Man, as Bone Saw is ready. Number six. This might be a surprise for anyone listening. Blazing Saddles. Alex Karras, who's mostly known for his NFL career with the Detroit Lions. Um, and playing Webster's dad on the TV show Webster. Alex Karras was a pro wrestler in the 1950s prior to his NFL and acting careers. Number five, They Live, which is the name of the movie, They Live, featuring Rowdy Roddy Piper. If you haven't seen They Live, it's, it's entertaining. Not a good movie, but there's it's, it's entertainment value. Number four, Predator with Jesse the Body Ventura, showing that he is the strongest man alive because only he can stand there and shoot a Gatling gun with his bare arms. Number, that was number, no, I'm sorry, I was number three. I skipped number four. Number four is The Rundown with, again, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Number two, The Princess Bride with none other than Andre the Giant. And rounding out this list, number one, The Godfather, with Lenny Montana, a.k.a. the Zebra Kid, from the 1950s, playing Luca Brazzi. You got yourself a list there, my friend. I I do have to say, uh, I'd probably put Jumanji on there with the Jumanji? rock. Jumanji? Uh, I can't, can't have too many rock movies, though. There's already well, people on there. Is there a bigger wrestling star that transitioned to Hollywood than The Rock? He's well, he's well surpassed the Hogan. The only one close is Hogan. Um, he's probably, he's done better movies, obviously, than Hogan. I mean, because Hogan's best movie was what? Uh... Suburban Commando, Mr. Nanny, Suburban Commando, and Mr. Nanny probably is his top two Hollywood movies. I mean, I like No Holds Barred though with Zeus. You like No Holds Barred because you saw No Holds Barred initially as a child, as I did. So if you were an adult and you saw No Holds Barred initially, you would not be a fan of No Holds Barred. You You would remember it and be like, Yeah, I remember when Hogan did that mess, but. We were children when we saw No Holds Barred, so that's why it has a fond memory for us. Because when you watch it again as an adult, you're like, I can't believe that <laughs> as a child, I thought this was good. Well, I think we can say that about a lot of movies in the late 80s, early 90s. Yeah. But... Some of them hold up well. No, of course. But, um, yeah. but that was not know, one of them, unfortunately. 
I, I got to say with Suburban Commando, the biggest thing that I remember mm-hmm. is uh, your boy, The Undertaker, with his high-pitched little kid voice <laughs> during that epic fight scene he had with uh, Mr. Hulk Hogan. I mean, you want to talk about uh, taking away the mystique of the dead man. Yeah. You need to watch that little (laughs) one-minute clip of them fighting, and he's all talking like this. (laughs) Uh, You know, I was, as I'm making this list, you know, and Suburban Commando made my reasonable mention, my honorable mentions. It was definitely reasonable to contend for the top 10 uh, probably just because I think it's Hogan's best movie uh, which isn't saying much but you know I, thought, I looked at some of the other movies and like honestly I did not know that Lenny Montana was a pro wrestler like I discovered that looking up you know doing research for this like I, I had no idea he was a pro I had no idea Alex Karras was a pro wrestler in the 50s like I knew Alex Karras because I'm a Lions fan you know I knew him from Webster I had no idea that he had worked in territories back in the 50s. So those got in mainly because of the quality of the movie over the obviously popularity of the wrestler. Um, if you wanted to do the bone saw with Savage and Spider-Man, uh, I think an honorable mention might also be another Kevin Nash flick of The Punisher. The Punisher? The Punisher. Where he oh, that's the one with the, uh, Thomas Jane? Yeah. Thomas Jane Punisher. Yeah, I forgot he was in that. Yeah, where he played like the uh, the Popeye looking dude that got his, <laughs> his head all jacked up. Well, the thing is, like Nash's movie list is longer than people realize. People for, don't realize he played Super Shredder. Super Shredder. Um, you know, he him and Austin in the Longest Yard, along with Goldberg, the Longest Yard remake. With uh, you're, you're gonna talk about Grandma's Boy too, right? Yes, Grandma's Boy. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's, his his movie his movie credits uh, his filmography is a lot longer than people realize, but I think Magic Mike is probably I, I guess best one, just because he's in it longer. Like he actually has like it's actually more of a significant role for him. And I'm only saying that just based on what I've read. I've never seen Magic Mike, so. I'm kind of surprised. <laughs> actually, yeah. when I heard that's that, the name of Magic, and he ain't gonna go see Magic Mike. Hey, I've got no interest in watching Channing Tatum and a bunch of dudes dance. I, I just don't. Uh, <laughs> got Woody Harrelson in it though. I didn't even know what he was. <laughs> I was. I was. Oh, no, 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 no! Not Woody Harrelson. I always confuse him with uh, Matthew McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey. Yes, Matthew McConaughey was in it. Yes. Uh, um. I was actually kind of surprised seeing how much screen time Nash got that he didn't hurt his quad filming that movie. Like, dude, you're, you're dancing. <laughs> you're not going to hurt yourself. Come he on. He's good now. He just had his knees replaced, right? I think he did have some type of surgery. Pretty it was right before the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Maybe you know, he was in both Magic Mike's. Maybe he's gearing and stretching for Magic Mike 3. You got know? that DDP yoga going. Right? Like everybody's got that DDP yoga going. I just saw um, pictures from Mark Merrill doing that DDP yoga. Everybody. Uh, Mark Merrill. Yeah, the marvelous one. The, the man, man he flips by his wife. Yeah. 
Yeah. He's definitely moved on up in the world. I can't say that because Mark's a better human being than Brock is. You know, Mark's out there. He's a you know motivational speaker and teaching kids how to be better. Brock is just a much better fighter. <laughs> but uh, you know, not that Mark, not that Mark was you know that's a multiple time Golden Gloves winner. I mean, in a shoot, Mark could jack up a whole bunch of people, but not the not the complete fighter, especially with the wrestling as uh, as Brock Lesnar. So the last thing I, I have to input with this is, and I, I can't think of people's names, so I'm going to say this and, and sound like a tool, but there's got to be some kind of wrestler in The Wrestler with Mickey Rourke. So there are wrestlers in The Wrestler. Um, I, the Wrestler did not make it for this list because the lack of screen time, uh, essentially. So you had Jay Lethal, you had um, R-Truth in The Wrestler, um, who else was in it? There were a couple others. Um, but the ones that stick out to me most I can remember from watching the movie are R Truth and Jay Lethal. Um I think you know, I'm gonna look it up real quick. I'm gonna jump on my Google machine here. Uh let's see. Cast while you're looking that up, what about John Cena Ernest the Correct? Trash. Ernest the Cat Miller um, <laughs> as the Ayatollah. Um, let's see. The Blue Meanie was in it. Uh, L.A. Smooth. Um, let's see. A bunch, of in, a bunch of other Indian guys like Robbie E. Um, Nick Burke. Uh, Robert Strauss. Uh, let's see, Robert Strauss here. No, Robert Strauss is Robbie E. He Robert E. Got, Robert e got, yeah, 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 his real name. Um, yeah, he's rocking that now in NXT. Yep. Some some brother could call himself Sabian. I've never heard of. Um, we got Chuck. Oh, we got Chuck Taylor. Um, Chucky e. T, who I think is in e, uh, AEW right now, uh, Nigel McGuinness. I cannot stand in uh, TNA. Like it was horrible. Uh, Jay Santana. Some yeah, so mostly indie guys. Most of them I've never heard of. But the biggest, the biggest names definitely um, being Jay Lethal, Ron Killings. And uh, Ernest the Cat Miller, and the, the cat really had like the other other wrestlers. He had the biggest like role role in the uh, in the film of all the wrestlers. So, as much as I love the cat, can you, you know? It's yeah, I think the, it's gonna be honorable mention list for me. I'm gonna go off here. I'm gonna lie to you. I'm gonna input one more movie into your list. Okay. Oscar contender. Ready to rumble. <laughs> well, uh, whole WCW like staff, like, I mean, like when they're promoting the movie, it's like, yeah, does it count? That movie was terrible. Um, yeah. Like if it was funny or enjoyable, it would be up there as a wrestling feel-good movie, but it was so bad. 
Yep. DDP, Goldberg, Sting, Bam Bam Bigelow. Van Hammer. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Savage, Booker T, Sid Vicious, The Juice, Kurt Hennig. Ah, oh, Kurt Hennig. One of my favorites of all time. But you forgot about Van Hammer. Van Hammer. <laughs> the movie yeah. was Van Hammer. <laughs> you got to have a movie with Van Hammer. Like, once you let Van Hammer in the movie, you, you messed up. It's just, you know, what are you going to do? Scott Kahn and Oliver Platt. Well, I love Oliver Platt, by the way, but still. I'm going to do a callback here to our, uh, our love interest topic okay if we're we're gonna talk some van hammer uh i gotta go with uh my boy perry saturn and his uh, beloved mop that that was another uh golden Moppy. couple oh i just i, I hate how it. he how he made that work is beyond me i i felt i'm thinking i remember during the evasion angle and Heyman was trying to recruit him. And he's like, you're Perry Saturn. You, you, Perry Saturn is a synonymous ECW. They got you running around here with a mop. This is ridiculous. And I'm thinking, that's what I've been saying for how long? Like, show, put some spec on the name of Perry Saturn. Like, the fact that they, I, I don't know whose idea it was, so I'm not going to just arbitrarily blame the WWE writing staff, but I don't think Perry Saturn put himself in that stupid gimmick. Like, that's all you could come up with Perry, for Perry Saturn to go crazy and start talking to a mop. <laughs> yeah, come on, like, I mean, you know, like, and he's in terrible shape right now, like in life, like he's like homeless or something. Last I heard, like he is not. No, I heard he's doing better. Uh, okay, the Raven uh, podcast they had that GoFundMe going for a while. Okay, um, so he's. Uh, married, trying to be sober. I, I hear he's doing a bit better. Good, because I knew I heard he was just in really dire straits. I'm like, dude, that's, yeah. that's horrible to hear for such a guy that everyone says is like, you know, really nice, really sweet to everybody. You know, yeah. not not a person you would you know, want to see anything bad happen to. Um, yeah, poor Perry. Terrible, terrible thing to have that mob break his heart like that. So we've got, so that's, that's our list. I think due to the mention, it is Hogan. After all, we will swap out. I'm going to take out here. Some of these movies are just too good to take out. I'm going to take out because it's a shorter role. I'm going to take out Spider-Man with Savage and put in suburban commando with Hogan. And the Undertaker. Yeah, well, I don't think I don't think Mr. Cowboy wants anybody to remember that. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps not. I think he wants us to forget a couple of things over the last couple of years as well. Sure, not if he keeps coming back into the ring. I can tell you that. It's, unfortunately, we're not remembering anything good uh, lately, and I I'm already hearing rumblings about WrestleMania matches, and I don't even want to. I don't even want to think about it. Well, he's lost too many now, so there's really no point. I concur. There, there truly is no point. So before we start bashing a man that we both love and respect, 
I want to thank my friend Brad Benedict, my man B Square, for joining us on this episode of Breaking Ring Rust. You can, of course, follow us on Facebook at Jeek Nation, on Twitter at Jeek Nation. You can subscribe to Breaking Ring Rust on Spotify, iTunes, and anywhere you get your podcast content. If you happen to use a network that you don't see us on, please message us and we will endeavor to put ourselves out there so you can listen to us. And if you enjoy what you hear, as our good friend and listener Brad has, please give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Leave us a review. That helps us with our exposure, helps us out here as we continue to try to provide you with the best Jeek-related content on the web. So as we close, I want to thank you all again, ladies, gentlemen, boys and girls, marks of all ages, for listening to Breaking Ring Rust. And as always, get yourselves over, Marks. Oh, no!